You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good evening, gentlemen. Boy, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to see the two of you in here. Bruce, how are you doing after that brush with death? Uh, with that horrible man-made climate change uh, event that happened in your neck of the woods. Yeah, still healthy alive. No damage here. Neighborhood is undamaged. So as far as I know, we're, we're good in this area. That's good. That's good. And joining us again today has been a long-lost uh, soldier uh, <laughs> or sailor, I guess I could say. Uh, long-lost individual that hasn't been with us for quite some time. We sure have missed him around here. But today he reached out with an email and he said that he wanted to come on because he's just he's tired of seeing all of the the nonsense that's been going on with the well quite frankly it was the uh, the Harry and Meghan interview and he wants to to clear the air uh and so he's here to discuss it no I'm just kidding <laughs> Ned how you doing I'm fine thank you and just to say something about the weather I don't think we've seen the last of the cold bit I reckon we're going to get hit before um next month mm-hmm. over air anyway yeah there was hail coming down over here the other day it's like I was laying out getting a tan a couple of weeks ago and now there's hail yep. coming down. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the weather hasn't settled yet. It's still going around all over the shop. All right, and we got we might have one last blast, and then we might get spring. Yeah, they they always say that don't don't do anything. You guys change tires in in England? Yeah, you do, don't you? Winter tires, summer no. tires? No, no, all seasons. No. Yeah, okay. We're just crazy. We just drive. Just cra- well, okay, yeah. The Germans are very specific about that. Yeah, winter tires, summer tires, all that stuff. So here they say don't change your tires until after. Easter. No, we have a rule that if you go sideways down the road, you just don't bother going to work. You just turn around and go home. Well, that's true. That's true. And I've always found that um, it's very difficult to uh, to understand what's going on in the motorways in the UK. And it's simply it's because you just drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to be wrong all the time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend of mine. I had a friend of mine in Manchester. Uh, he was. I was talking to him one day and he put this photo up and uh, he sent it over to me and he says, he says, do you know where I'm at? And I said, I know exactly where you are. And he says, all right, Mr. Smartass, where am I? I said, you're on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough horsing around, right? We advertise as no nonsense. So I guess we have to be all serious now. So oh. I had a couple of things that I wanted to discuss today, but uh, I guess we're not going to get to those. Uh, we can save those for the exclusive. That's going to be a good conversation. I wanted to talk about the new autonomous zone. Well, it's not actually new, but the media is not even talking about it. I wanted to talk about that uh, that's popped up in Minneapolis uh, surrounding the uh, the George Floyd trial. But we're going to have to do that on the exclusive tomorrow. So that, that'll be a good conversation. Uh, there was a, a reporter that spent time in there over the course of a couple of weeks. And the story that they laid out in an op-ed is absolutely shocking. The first paragraph is absolutely shocking. I couldn't believe what I was reading, but we're going to have to go over that tomorrow. That's fine. That's fine. I, I'm happy to go over that tomorrow. We don't have to discuss that today. More to the point, uh, Ned, you've got a lot on your uh, on your mind. You got a lot uh, that you want to say tonight, so uh, let's just go with it. Uh, <laughs> a lot, what? a lot to let off. You do, you do. So let's um, let's get into I it. What do you got? Prob- well, obviously, I haven't been on here for a while, and you guys 
I've obviously been following it and giving the news out to the people and tell them what's been going on. And I think finally the pennies dropped with them. But as uh, is, is it because the horse has bolted? I mean, now you've had everybody in a case of submission because of what the fear that was put into them over the COVID thing. I mean, we all know there has been like I mean, in the UK, you had a sort of media blackout of a, of America and everything was just COVID, 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 COVID. And now now they've got the vaccination going. Everything's fluffy telly again. And it's just like there's a blanket being thrown over everything. And it's nice to see that some of the medical side of things, people are starting to cry out and say, well, what's going on? I mean, even to the point where they've, they've decided that, I mean, it, it's where the psychologists have got together with those in power to say, how can we make the people submit even more to a point where whatever we say, they'll just do and they'll just carry on doing and we won't have to say anything to them. We won't have to tell them, well, is the vaccine safe? Is it not safe? Does it actually work as a vaccine or does it just sort of coast over things or what is behind it all? Where's the transparency? Nobody knows anything. I mean, what I really want to say is to the people, sit back, think what you've been told, what questions you have and how many of them has actually been answered. And you might just come out with a big fat zero. And then you should question, well, why am I doing this? And then people might just ask the neighbor or ask somebody else. Get your backbone back and say, well, have you got an answer to this? Do you know this or whatever? But everybody's under this fear, under this COVID fear where they're even worried about asking questions because they'll be called an anti-masker. I mean, what sort of name is that? Or an anti-vaxxer? Well, if you've, where, where did your rights go? You still have a choice. By law, in every country... You should have a choice whether to take medication or not. It says it in every judicial thing, every country across the world. It should be explained to you. But it hasn't been explained to you. So you've got to question whether you've been coerced into it by this fear of death that they've had hanging over your head. And then you've got to ask yourself, hang on, how many people do I know and how many people have actually died that I know? And then you can put all these just simple questions and answers in hand and then what has been happening over the last year? And all it's caused is destruction. How many, hang on, how many people did I die? I might not know anybody that's died, but I do know thousands of companies that have gone out of business. Now, why would they want to do that unless it was an economic reason? Why would they want to vaccinate everybody? Yeah. Why would they want to vaccinate everybody? There's another economic reason to that for somebody. Yeah. And there's another sinister reason behind it, which well, I, got some massive. I got some audio of that, which we can get into that uh, when when the conversation steers that direction, I'm sure. <laughs> Anything to do with Switzerland? No, it's got nothing to do with Switzerland. Although by you saying that, I am a bit curious. What do you mean with Switzerland? Oh, well, because basically we're, we're, we're talking uh, people like Klaus Schwab, ah. your friend and everybody's. I yeah. mean, uh, what, what, who, who they call as the founder of the World Economic Forum. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was, speaking that's, a, more, that's a talk. I was, I was speaking more along the lines of uh, Mr. Gates. That, that was who I was oh, speaking of. Gates. Gates. I mean, he, he's, it's a man that before COVID happened, I mean, we've been here already. We were saying, well, what, what is he saying about vaccines and how he's going to make so much money in 2020? And then COVID happened in that December of 19. And then he'd never had a vaccine company. And then he created one. 
and now he's made loads of money. And as if he's, that's happened and that's over, what's his next project? Now he's pushing the green project. Which way down that is he going? I food, mean, I think. Yes. Food. I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, he's out there preaching to people that there's all the hang on we should stop eating all this meat we should um eat all this fungi created food and that but a lot of that food is quite costly even i mean in, in your in your country america they have big herds of cattle and they do stuff like that and the thing is the cost of meat and the cost of food is affordable by the ordinary or the people on the line or below the line and it's still affordable this specialized fungus food, yeah, is not affordable by them. So if Gates is causing another massive change or want to, you then get locked into more debt to survive. Everybody has the right to eat. I mean, we are omnivores anyway. And there is something along the line. I mean, no matter what, even if you go into um, health, you take health as a, a simple subject, you've got Here's another thing for everybody to think about, which I would like them to come back with answers if they can honestly answer themselves. You have a problem. You don't feel well. You go to the doctor. You go down there and he gives you something and it treats the symptoms. No matter what it is, unless it's a physical aberration like a break, they will treat the symptoms, not the cause. And you go through and if you look at your life and you go through, well, I went down there, had this. Well, painkillers, this, that, anti-inflammatories, this, that, whatever, gave me some pills for this. Okay, it said I might feel this or I might feel this. This might not be good for me. Was there any side effects? Oh, yeah, I felt eventually better after a while. Was that your own system eventually fighting it off? Or they've treated the symptoms, but they haven't treated the cause. You could go through your whole life having these symptoms, but eventually your body will give up. You flooded it with all these medications and whatever, but why would they want to treat the symptoms unless they want you to come back? And they and want to you come something. back. Yeah. You're not a patient, you're a, a customer. Exactly. This is it. And then you get to a point where you've got another convergence of ideas here where, hang on, they get to a point where they realize, oh, excuse me, all these antibiotics are causing this bacteria to create some real monsters. Now, hang on, we've got to stop giving this out willy-nilly, you know, or we've got to create bigger, better ones, but we've got these people that are going into hospital for surgery and they're coming out worse because they've got all these nasty bacteria out there. But hang on, that's a creation. We created our own demon here. And then on the other side of things, at the beginning of COVID, you've got, uh, hang on, the virologists were coming out and saying, be careful what you do. No, saying that in February 20, be careful what you do. With bacteria, you create used antibiotics willy-nilly. Now, you start creating your own vaccines genetically or whatever, and you get these things. You've got something here because a virus enters. It, well, it, 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 it's there. It doesn't do anything until it comes into contact with something. It comes into contact with another cell. All it's it wants replicate. to do is replicate itself right. by sucking the life out of that cell, using it up, then going boom, and hundreds of it go out to replicate itself again. And then... What happens? We start messing around with something like that. That's been around there for millions of years. You know, these viruses have always been there because if you look in our, our own genome and you ask any, anybody that knows their stuff, between some of them say 5%, some of them say 8%, there is 5 to 8% of our genome which is made up and designed and changed by viruses in the past. They have been part of us. 
and that's nature's maybe some really key changes happened and they want to mess around with it now and make it a daily life thing be careful be very careful and then you come down to because of this non-transparency the conspiracy theories and things like that though which i think they want all these different conspiracy theories out there because then they can hide the truth under it all because the real truth is they stand there and they openly say we want to use this time to create our own model of mankind and they want to use and if they can get the people to accept anything and be walked over i mean it's not a nice thing to say but i don't want to be cattle i want to be free thinking and still have a voice i still want to ask somebody what their opinion is and not have them being frightened to voice their opinion whether i like it or not i mean that is the art of conversation. That is the art of ideas. If you don't have somebody that can oppose your ideas or talk to you about it, you'll never come up with something new. And this suppression of ideas and everything and the freedom of speech that seems to be going on is just ridiculous. People are just in a horrible state of being frightened. I mean, I don't get it. And you can see it. Everybody's just giving it, oh, yeah, we've got to go out and get the vaccine. I got a phone call asking me well actually he didn't actually ask me i got a phone call saying oh um is that la-di-da my name and they went down and said you come in for your vaccine on saturday and i just went mm, no thank you and they went sorry no i don't want it oh so you're declining it as if i'm doing something wrong they didn't ask me whether i wanted it they told me i was due to come in nice phone call no i don't want it i'm healthy i don't have medication i look after myself I'm out there. My immune system seems to work. I'm on the, I'm 60, going to 61 now. I'm healthy. I must be doing something right. My wife, on the other hand, because of her work and stuff like that, has had to take it. So she, and she wasn't too happy about it, but she did. But we've got two adults, me, who said, I'm not taking it, and the wife, who's had to. So we've got variables within the family. Now, we also have a daughter who's a young teenager and my wife came up to me and went, what do I know about the vaccine? I said, why, what's the problem? She goes, well, I don't want our daughter to have it because whereas my wife, who's, although she's younger than me, says, well, I'm at the point where I'm not going to have another child, but she's got her life ahead of her. Do we know what this vaccine can or cannot do? I said, no, well, I don't. Have you asked anybody? Whatever. And he goes, nobody seems to know. So she said, I don't want her to take it. And you have to sit down then with your daughter and say, these are the reasons why. Because if you want something ahead of you, then down the line, they find that because of this, you cannot have a child or this has affected you in some other way. I mean, what do the, what do the courts do? The civil courts go, well, that's worth a few grand. So here's your payment and whatever. But by the way, we've buggered your life up. Those questions have got to be asked, but everybody's rushing into this. Why? The children of the future. I think I might and have a reason. You've got to question it. Yeah, I, I, go think, on, I think I might have a reason. Uh, it, you have to you have to go back and you have to you have to look at how this started. The initial time frame of 14 days to flatten the curve, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we were on an upward trend, so there was no way that they could play that agenda out because we were on our way out of the cold and flu season. It was bad timing, but they milked the agenda for what it was worth. But as the year went on, the election time happened. Of course, they needed it for that. Because if you wouldn't have had COVID, then you probably would have had a re-election of Donald Trump because you wouldn't have had any of that mess in there. Now, I'm, I'm not going to get into like election stuff, but I'm talking about the agenda that's been played out with COVID because that seems to be uh, the way we're going with it. I kind of link back here and Bruce and I did a 
uh, did a special on this one about the psychological effects of public health and what this has actually done to people and the way that it actually coerces them. And the reason that I, I look at this is because we made specific reference to Biederman's chart of coercion, right? Albert Biederman's chart of coercion, which we actually got from Amnesty International. And if you think about it, if you look at the way that they lay those things out, now, he actually laid out the specific way that he studied from Chinese communist tactics on how to elicit confessions out of people and how to break mm-hmm. their will psychologically, right? Because everything we're dealing with is psychological, right? It's 90% psychological, 10% oh, yeah. physical. So you have to look at a few things. Bruce, I need you to pull three terms for me. Let's do a little bit of a refresher on this one because it goes to the, it goes to the reason here. We're looking at a triple D method here, okay? Let's look at the word debility, right? Are we being hit with debility? What is the meaning of debility? Debilitate. Debility. That's to actually, yeah, it, debility is, is, is wearing away of something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something becomes debilitated, it wears away to nothing or to nothing worth anything. Correct. Okay. So yeah. physical weakness, especially as a result of illness. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So we have debility. Yes, we, we've dealt with debility. Okay, we're being hit with debility. Next word that would be uh, associated with this, right, in the second D of the triple D method, dependency. Have we been dependent? Well, you could could psychologically become dependent due to fear, because basically put a fear into somebody. Correct. And then you then turn up. It's it's the basic good cop, bad cop. Correct. And that's exactly what One puts the fear of God into you, in comes the good cop. You exactly. then have that reliant point for exactly. whatever it is. So we've been hit with dependency. Mm-hmm. Number three, dread. Have we been hit with dread? Are we feeling <laughs> dread? Oh, I think uh, that yeah. kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? Okay. Yes. What, so we what have the medic, what the medical people at the moment have come up with a saying called "2020 was Project Fear," and they're correct. And that's your dread. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to look at each one of these points. I want, I want to go down each one of these points because you, you ask how people have been neutralized. Well, it's because of this. They followed this to the letter. Mm-hmm. So let's look at these things. And we can we can attribute this to, to all of these. Okay. Isolation. What is isolation? According to, I'm going over, I'm referencing Albert Biederman's chart of coercion. You can get this from Amnesty International. Deprives victim of all social support of their ability to resist, develops an intense concern with self, makes the victim dependent. Uh, And you have variants of this that you could break off and and spin off of it. Complete solitary confinement, complete or partial isolation, or group isolation. Have we seen any of those being played out over the last 12 months? Exactly. I mean, the, the, the the extreme of that is where you've got the tank, the isolation tank, and mm. then that is the extreme point which then you can brainwash or put ideas into whatever Correct. you want because Correct. the human then becomes a blank sheet. Right. So we've had quarantines. You write it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We've had quarantines. We've had lockdowns. We've had this social distancing garbage. We've had uh, prohibition of getting together in large groups, right? You can't go to any of these places uh, where there's large gatherings. You can't have any of that. Okay, so what what do they do once they have you in the uh, the method of isolation? Okay, next comes exactly what you were talking about, the monopolization of perception, right? Mainstream media, they've Mm -hmm. been hammering that over and over and over again, haven't they? Fixes the attention upon the immediate predicament, COVID, right? Cases, variants, vaccines, right? Over and over and over again. Eliminates information not in compliance with demands. All the people that have been speaking out against this, who have been in the medical field or the scientific field, have been shut down or or cut off or turned into persona non grata. Mm -hmm. Punishes independence and or resistance. 
oh, yes, if you go out there, do I have to tell you what the uh, the cops have been doing to people? Do I have to tell you <laughs> what's been really. going on there? Hitting you with two, three thousand pound or euro or dollar fines or whatever in the hell it is if you step out of the line? Oh, yeah, that's monopolization of perception. Physical isolation plays into a variant of that. Darkness or bright light? Eh, okay. Restricted movement, lockdowns, quarantines. You can only go here. You can't go more. I think in parts of the UK, you couldn't go more than two kilometers away from wherever you lived, which was, uh, who, who in the hell comes up with that? Monotonous food. You can only get certain things at supermarkets, can't you? Yeah, they were starting to restrict certain things. Of course, that didn't really get too far, but that did play a part. Restaurants were closed. You can only go to certain places. You can only order certain things. All plays to reason. So you had MSM, mainstream oh, media. Oh, yeah, they closed, had they their closed all the social, social activities down. Yes. yes. Yeah. So okay. you had the yeah. mainstream media with their agendas, right? You had social media mobs and social media bias, correct? Yeah. You had journalists that were fueling their own agendas, okay? You had restricted movements and you had food, okay? So we have the monopolization of perception, don't we? So you can tick that box. Next thing, humiliation or degradation. Have we seen that? Makes resistance more costly than compliance. <laughs> okay, if you step out of line, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't social distance well, then um, that makes the resistance more costly than compliance, doesn't it? So you oh, have yeah. to follow um, that. It, it, it's like when I, when I told you months and months ago when I was going into this place and where they all the shops and everything wanted you to um, uh, spray your hands and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But this, if you've been in one, it lasts for a period of time, but you went into another on the same, uh, like, estate, it, they'd want you to do it and whatever. And this old lady had come in before me, and she, the, there was this burly guy, and he went, Madam, you've got to spray your hands away. But, but my, and you should have seen the state of hands. And I just said, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. And she's not going to. But, sir, no, she's not going to. So I took her in the shop. And he didn't like it. And I said to him, you don't do that. If you knew anything about it other than being dumb, and that's why you're here, you've got to use common sense. Ask her if she's already done it. And basically, it had dried her hands out, and they were really so bad. She'd done it every shop or whatever. And they were using that to actually psychologically break people down. Because if their only social outlet was to go shopping and have a look around and whatever to get out, because they weren't a marathon runner like this old lady definitely wasn't, or couldn't go out wherever, that what she was doing to keep herself on level pegging, just to look around. Then you get somebody giving it, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, that that is, that that's totally wrong. That's not the society we're supposed to live in. You're Wearing supposed to live a in a caring culture. Yeah, 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 exactly. Wearing of masks, another form of humiliation, degradation. Those things don't work. There's been no evidence, none whatsoever, that proves oh, that those things no, are actually no, effective. Th- th- there are certain masks that will work, but they cost so much. The stuff that they were giving you on a daily basis, all that was stopping is if you coughed or whatever, it would stop the larger particles, the phlegm or whatever. But no, the idea was, yeah, to segregate, to to actually break everybody apart and conquer, divide and conquer, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, if you look at it, Julius Caesar was one of them, and we beat him hands down this time round, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Did it worldwide. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't a very nice chap at all. Variants of all this, of humiliation and degradation, could go to personal hygiene being prevented. Well, in this case, it's not. But you notice there's hand cleaners and hand sanitizers and spray cleaner all over the place now. You notice that? Well, the children going into school, they were telling them to keep doing it. And I actually said, <laughs> I actually sent in a notice because they had children in that school which were 
um, whether they were ASD or on a different thing. I actually looked it up and I showed it to my daughter and said, take this into school and show this to your friends. And as he said on it, by law, if it becomes too much of an irritant and wore you down mentally, you do not have to wear a mask as a child in school. And there it goes. And so, and then I laminated it. So I couldn't, <laughs> and mm-hmm. guess what? Yes, they have to abide by it because don't they love spouting laws and whatever? Oh, yeah. And when you go, oh, yeah. well, there's one law for you. And of course, the kids obviously think, wow, you know, but you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do that because you're sending your children into places like this and they're supposed to look after them, be fair with them, be honest with them. And if a teacher does not research what should be right, how much pressure are they getting from the state? Because that's the only thing that forces and breaks the education system down. And the education of of a year of education for a child. I mean, they had Google Classrooms and everything going on and the parents that could spend their time with their child, all well and good. But you take America, how many kids have actually lost a whole year? Literally a lot. And irrespective irrespective of whatever that's a year out that could be the difference between depending on where they were at their education of whether they get a job or not and then you've created a whole nother generation on the poverty line or who's going to help them i'm sorry but i don't have much faith in your mr biden <laughs> i don't think anyone does <laughs> i don't think anyone does so but, all right, uh, let's, let, let's continue on with this right demeaning punishments insults and taunts social media mobs right yeah. Oh, you're not an anti-masker or an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I know. The names that they come out with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Taunts. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but the thing is, what worries people is it, it's this peer pressure. They feel like they must come in line. Whereas if your friends were your friends, they wouldn't be taunting you no matter what you did. Because right. a friend is the person that goes out with you, has a drink with you, you fall over or they fall over, you carry them back, or they carry you back. Or even if you've got an opinion, they're the ones that will tell you as you're growing up as a teenager or whatever, now nah, you've been an ass, And they have the right to say that. And you have, because they're your friend, you might take notice. But if your friends are turning around and going against you because you disagree with something like this, they're not really your friends, are they? And this is where they're breaking it down. We are social animals. You won't get that many friends in life. Some people don't even have a true friend, which can will stand by them. We all have things like you grow up with friends and then, yeah, they get married and they go away and they have their own little tribe or whatever, but you still stay in contact and you still can speak to each other and they are your outlet on a level that you've always been able to communicate. If they break that communication, that, um, because we are social creatures, that can then have a really dark effect on people. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not good. And that is what they are doing. They are totally isolating. I agree. Yeah. And here in the States, uh, when it comes to like your masks and, and vaccines and stuff, the pressure that we receive from peers, there's fisticuffs, guns being pulled on people, knives. Um, I mean, it, it's gotten, in some cases, Ridiculous. really bad. Yeah. And, and nice. over over a mask, that's not going to that's not effective against the virus itself. And not only that, when it comes down to it, like your vaccines and, and you know, that is between you and your doctor. I mean, <laughs> we have HIPAA laws that are supposed to protect us on that. And if you say if you're wearing a mask or you choose not to wear a mask and you say, I can't wear one because of health reasons, that's it. It should drop. That's all. 
like legally that's supposed that that ends the topic if you will yes it is and because it, if you were doesn't. on the if you were on the um what they call uh, it's not a register but if you are have got a mental problem about it and we live in an age where people are more stressed out they are, have adhd they have asd they have these mental they're not deficiencies, but differences from the norm where they have their own logic and whatever. They are allowed by law not to have to wear them. Yeah. And uh, the one good thing in this country is there's there's a um, like a, a, a little like, you know, like if, if you had a um, ID card, you have it on like a, a piece of material chain. Mm-hmm. You yeah, have a, 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 yeah. if you can picture one, a lanyard that's green with um sunflowers on it yeah you can actually like if i i mean my daughter knows that she doesn't have to wear it if she doesn't want to yeah but if a person is wearing one of those lanyards it tells everybody in all businesses but this came out before covid that i am of difference and i don't have to conform to whatever and i've done my damnedest to make sure everybody knows that so if I if I walk into a supermarket with my daughter, I'll have my mask on. I don't mind complying to that. She doesn't have to. And I'll give it to her and put that around her neck. And she'll go around and they won't say a damn thing because they know. And there's so many people that have actually done that that they don't say it. And it is actually, it's, it's all these things that are written in there that people don't get told. And it alleviates. It's... The ignorance they keep people in, which is wrong. I, agree. I mean, even uh, e- even in your country, there will be so, uh, a memorandum or whatever somewhere that actually probably says that, but they're not telling the people. And how much would that alleviate a lot of pressure? What was it that you said, uh, Ned, the last time you were on, you spoke to a, a member of your government and they said... The people don't people. want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yes, uh, it, it was a case of, I was getting, I said, well, you know, they went to me and said, well, what is the answer to it all? I said, the answer is transparency, truth, just, just transparency, tell, tell the people what is going on or whatever. And it came back with, the people don't want to know. Well, who decides that? You. And yeah, it was a case of, no, tell them. Yeah, but there'll be chaos. I said, there will be all forms of chaos. You've got chaos now. You're causing chaos by this. You're causing all these theories and whatever. And the truth is getting buried in everything. Is that what you want? Because I think it is what you want. You want to bury the truth. You've got to tell them. They didn't get it. As if, but that also showed me the point. They don't care. No, but it showed, no, it, it didn't. It showed me the point where they see people as well, little people i suppose they see them as different they are no different and i i mean i said to them and you're a servant of the people you are a and they didn't like that because that's what they call that's what they are in this country you are a servant of the people you're paid out of tax money you're there to guide and help the people that's what they are in all countries yours included they are there to help not to hinder or hurt but it, what more can you say though i mean those people are letting you down it's like um in this country, you were talking about what the police doing. I, I, there was recently there was they found that a policeman was involved in the death of a young girl. Yes, and that is really that. That, that that really yeah, upsets that. the public yeah. when they find out that somebody in the case of responsibility is then involved in that. So what do they do? 
because they feel that the mothers and the girls and that they feel, oh, hang on, this isn't this is this then makes the society even worse. So they want to demonstrate, and then you get and they go out there and demonstrate. They might even be keeping some of them will get get a bit heated, but they'll have the mask on and they might even have in distance between them. But the police come out and say, by law, COVID law, no one is allowed to create a public meeting. So you're breaking the law. What would the common sense be? If they're demonstrating against somebody in society that is supposed to protect them, say, well, all right, then have your demonstration, have your say, keep your distance, keep it organized, but do it. Not, not go in like a bull in a china shop. This year has created a chasm between the people and those that are meant to be their guardians, really. You know, if someone wanted to create a, um, how do I put it, uh, a kill shot in society, I think they've succeeded, haven't they? It was just enough. It was just enough to cause havoc in just about every area of stability that we had. It was just enough. And so they've they've destabilized it enough, but not too much. So they could not... Yeah, they want, not, they want to redesign it. They, exactly. Somebody wants they need to, to de- redesign and force it in a direction they want. Exactly. But the they need point to keep is, it in a state of flux in order to do that. Yeah. The point is they have no right to do that. No, they don't. They have no uh, right. They, they've had no right to do anything that they've done over the last 12 months. They've just done it because nearest I can tell, uh, they've had very little resistance. Uh, and what resistance has popped up has been squashed in a hurry. Anybody that wants to step up and, and speak out and put forth a different uh, opinion or a viewpoint or something, uh, even if it's factually based, you're shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. It goes to the next point. Exhaustion, right? Exhaustion. It's meant to wear you down. That's what it's been, right? It's been a it's been a slow grinding process of wearing you down. What do you do in exhaustion, right? You weaken mental <laughs> and physical ability to resist. That's what you do. Gyms have been closed, haven't they? Yeah. Mine actually just opened. Uh, I've been going. It's been nice. You actually realize that there's humanity out there again. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But uh, I've I've been going, uh, and it, and it's been nice. But gyms have been closed, right? They've been closed. Pubs have been shut uh, in the UK. Churches have been shut. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't have to tell anybody, Bruce, what does spiritual gathering do for a person's mental ability? It gives them a lot of faith, right? right? Yeah. It, it makes gives them, them strength. Hope. Yeah. Exactly. Strength and- it gives exactly. them strength. This, this so is they've the strength churches. To, cope, to cope with, and the word is endure. Correct. More. That is what spiritual strength gives you. It endures. And you get that a lot from helping others. And when people segregate people, and this is this is where this is where it's wrong. Like go back quite a while when I said there's a kid fell over in the street, and most people didn't even well none of them went over there unless a certain person did and helped them up. Now I can't say who that certain person is because I probably broke the law or they did or whatever. But the point is, what's the problem? They they didn't want to go near because it wasn't theirs. And this COVID thing about catching something or they might have sorry, but there's a human being blar in there and. How can you do that? I mean, if if we've reached the point where we we have lost our compassion, I mean, it, it, it's it, we've lost the race. You cannot lose your compassion. People can have compassion. They can have anger. They can have whatever. I'm surprised. I mean, there is a slow buildup of outrage here, even from what is now the medical society. There's people out there now which are crying out and actually putting in print and calling call it, causing, calling, it's not COVID. COVID-19 was followed by Project Fear 2020. 
mm-hmm. because that's what it was. And you say the media, our media shut down, shut you guys out from the moment Trump thought he won, but he didn't. And when Biden got inaugurated, it was all COVID, COVID, COVID. It was all tally up to there and it was fine. And all of a sudden it froze. Same and then and then it came back out when Biden was in. Yeah. So for some reason they, they shut, shut it out everything. and it went it went it went heavy COVID and that was it. Yeah. It went Same. fear telly and then once it was in, it's all gone fluffy telly. So yeah. in in its own aspect, and we're across the other side of the pond, the Atlantic, they've done this media to us. They've shut a door on it, although it was available if you went onto the internet and hunted around, but freely available, the door was shut. And that meant there was an ulterior motive. The media, if the media could still say and talk about what's happening in China with COVID, what's happening in everywhere else with COVID, why can they still talk about what was politically happening in the world? I mean, they were still there in those countries. Even with so the internet, even with the internet still being there, the the problem is is with what we're doing and researching stuff. It's not easy finding information. No. Even even if you know what you're looking for, it can be difficult because it's buried behind so many other stories. Or Google pushes forward, uh, for example, if you use Google to search, uh, the main searches if you look into COVID is is all news articles or this is what you should do or or wash your hands, wear your mask, you know, those those types of stories. There's no like when you're looking for the actual data and the the papers, the research on this, it's difficult to find. And you really have to look. And then when you do find it, the the stuff that the media or social media is saying about it is saying that's all conspiratorial. That's all false information or or fake news or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, it is. We, we've had our what is it? Fact finders on it. And it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the problem okay, is, is your fact. Yeah. The problem is, is the fact finders. There, we have the same problem in all Western nations, nearest I can tell. The fact finders. I'm doing the air quotes, right? The fact finders. They're the mainstream media outlets. Those are your fact finders. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, you're wanting to find facts, and you're wanting to prove facts. But the people that are telling you lies are the ones that are saying that they're proving the facts to you. It's incredible. Exactly. Yeah, designer information, and they that that is part of it. I mean, when no one's got you see this is how a human psyche is malleable very malleable otherwise you wouldn't get the extremes of compassion and the extremes of hatred the pointlessness of heading headlong into something that's going to kill you for no reason and there's no seems to be understanding to it whatever we are so malleable that when we don't have any reason or you've lost uh, your belief in something and there's nothing there, like sitting at home in COVID and four walls for long enough, you'll then tend to believe anything that's fed to you. Exactly. Exactly. Which brings us uh, to threats, right? Could you say, would you say that there's been threats over the last 12 months? Threats? Threats and fines. Threats and, well, threats yes, and it goes, fines. goes with threats, yeah. <laughs> Creates yeah. anxiety and despair. Outlines oh, yeah. the cost of non-compliance. Yep, those are your fines right there. Outlines the cost of non-compliance. Threat here now some spin-offs of that, right? Some variants of that could be the following. Threats to kill. Yes, because if you yeah. step outside, you're gonna die, right? Yeah, or do you see these these yahoos that are down a side street somewhere by themselves wearing a mask. Yeah, that kind of what they're by them by themselves. Threats of abandonment, non-return. No going back to normal, right? If you don't do mm-hmm. this, well then nothing's gonna go back to the way it's supposed to be. Threats against family. Oh, you're not going to see your family ever again if you don't do what we tell you, right? Vague threats. 
That sounds about like Dr. Fauci, doesn't it? Yeah, vague threats. Oh, it's always oh yeah. a, innuendo, innuendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mysterious changes of treatment. Oh, yeah. Again, Dr. Fauci, right? We've gone back and flip-flopped on everything five or six times now, right? So everything's meant to stay confusing so you can never figure anything out. You got threats, okay? Now, when you do all this stuff, you offer a little bit the occasional indulgences. The little carrot and the stick, right? The little carrot. Oh, they're dangling this out there. Oh, yeah. Well, if you do this, well, then you get a, you get uh, you know this little reward. If you take a vaccine, well, then you can get a green pass and you can go here. But you here, never and here. get the carrot. Exactly. You never get the carrot. It's exactly. always yeah. well if you if you wear a mask, if you social distance, if you do this, then we'll get past it on this time. Oh, wait a minute. No, uh, you didn't do that correctly. So we have to start again. Uh, there's a vaccine here. That's your ticket out. Oh, but wait a minute. We have all these variants now, and well, the vaccine will work against the variants, which has never actually happened before in human history. So uh, that's a new one. But then now they're going to come out with new vaccines for all these new variants. So it's occasional indulgences. Yeah, but like we explained before, each vaccine, if a vaccine is created for something and a variant comes out and you've been vaccinated, your body, and this is vaccine history like we talked about before, your body has been vaccinated against something. And then if a different strain comes out, your body goes into hyper reactiveness and you can overreact and cause more damage to yourself. I mean, so if you've vaccinated the world and another strain comes around and people start falling over, what do you get? Well, we did our best. The road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. Good intentions. Yeah. But is it really good, good intentions? Good intentions that is it really never good actually intentions? cured anything. No, they haven't. But no. but the, it's interesting though. Is it really oh, well, good intentions? Oh, they'll tell you it is, huh? Well, yeah, they'll tell you. They'll tell you it is. Yeah. Now, I, I have an example of what <clears throat> good intentions could be construed as. Right? I didn't. I played this the other day. This is a clip that they are not hiding. It's out there in, in front of everything. This is Bill Gates standing on a stage talking about CO two emissions, the human population, and vaccines. <laughs> so, in this clip, and just to lay this out, right, because it's just a, it's just about a ninety second segment here because the speech is forty five minutes. But in this clip, he's standing on stage. And he's talking to a full auditorium of people. And he's talking about, again, CO2 emissions, the human population, and vaccines. And he's literally saying it. There's no mistake in it. He's literally saying it. He's saying one of these numbers has got to go to zero. That's what he's saying. And listen to how he says that those numbers are going to have to go to zero. This is something that has to get to zero. Now, we put out a lot of carbon dioxide every year, uh, over 26 billion tons. Uh, for each American, it's about 20 tons. Uh, for people in poor countries, it's less than one ton. It's an average about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Now uh, that's back from high school algebra, but let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on 
new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. Now, I only know, again, as I stated the other day, of two ways you can reduce population through use of a vaccine, and that is either euthanization or sterilization. There is no third option. Oh, quantum dot. <laughs> well, he's, he's, literally, he's literally saying it. He's literally saying it. And the crowd's laughing at him. But the thing is, the thing is, what you've got here with COVID, it's created a controlling society. Now, that, that controlling idea. society, that controlling society will want their offspring to survive and will not want those restraints on themselves. So where do the numbers have to come from? If you're going to reduce it, it comes from the man on the street, the everyday person. You are going to create this COVID thing seems to be heading to create a real big chasm between classes, society and everything. It's going it's it's create a them and us. So because they can say and you will do. I mean, my daughter is actually reading a rather interesting book at school at the moment. It's about a farm and a farmer and the animals take away from the farmer. Yeah. Do you remember the book? It was it was created by a man called George Orwell. Animal Farm. And he yes, and he used and he used the actual farm instance about but then still created his own dictatorial thing with the pigs who then ruled over everything. And this is the sort of thing it seems to be doing. It's quite an interest it's quite interesting that they actually just started to read it at this point. I said, Yeah, we're going to do this for your good, but we will then be in charge. And that is what what's happened over 2020 it's like an enforced regime and especially i mean where we have different countries and different setups around the world but in the uk we're supposed to be able to look to our servants of the public for guidance and reassurance and everything and all the reassurance they're giving you is saying this is for your own good do this do that do this do that even a child at home will ask its parents why mummy why daddy and the parents will always respond with, not because I told you so, and it's for your own good. It's, well, because of this, darling, because you've got to give them reinsurance and a reason why. Otherwise, the child will stop asking questions and stop coming to you for reassurance, and you'll get that segregation. It's a basic family thing. And when it becomes a teenager, well, it's gone, and you failed your child. And that is what society is doing. They are a parent which is failing their children. Basically, it's the family unit which has been totally bust, and no matter what. And if they can't see that, and if and and their children are, should be screaming at them by now, and they've got to wake up. You know, these children are adults, and they got to wake up and say, "Why? What is going on? Why is this being enforced on us? We really don't want this." You know, and that's a question we got to ask. We got to keep telling the people. You've got to keep asking why and make your own opinions. Because I'm bored. I have been seriously bored because I love talking about all matter of subjects. My child that's done Google Classrooms, she asked me about every subject there is, physics, chemistry, whatever. Luckily, I've had a good schooling. I can talk to her about any subject. And I've actually found it interesting because nobody else is talking to anybody. God help us. No, and it's not and it's not anything when they do talk to people, it's not anything of substance. I mean, th this is where this is where I, I find myself in in a very perplexing situation when I sit down and I act, I'm, I want to have conversations with people yeah. about tangible, deep subjects, right? I mean, I want to talk about the cycle of 
uh, the oceans or something, right? I want to talk about the historical context between what happened in the atrocities of Europe in the 20th century as compared to what happened during the days of the Romans, right? I mean, I want to talk about that stuff and and make comparisons to even back into the days of the Egypt, or the Egyptians or all the way back into Mesopotamia. Call me crazy, but uh, th- those are the kind of conversations I want to have. I want to have crazy. the conversations. Yeah, I, I want to have the kind of <laughs> I want to have the kind of conversations that that we're talking about no, our future, it. right? Our future. What are we going to do? Are, are we talking about going and colonizing the moon? Are we talking about colonizing Mars? Are we talking about going beyond that? Those are the conversations I want to have. I don't want to talk about football. I don't want to talk about uh, no. some ridiculous movie. I don't want to talk about some song. I don't care about any of that stuff. I want real conversations about where we see the direction of things going and where we've been. That's what I want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will talk about any subject and it is you get engrossed in something and that is the passion of it. Passion drives the human forward, no matter what it is. And that is what they've tried to kick out of you. You lose your passion, you're a a blank sheet and that's no good. Yeah. It's a threat to them because it, it makes is. them irrelevant. That's why. It makes them irrelevant. And I don't know. I've always looked at the human as something that is endless. It can achieve anything if it's given the chance. And you've got to believe in the human. You stop believing in yourself. What is the point of actually doing anything? You know, I think and that, that is what they're trying to achieve. Exactly. It's purpose that they want to remove, isn't it? Yeah. It's purpose. You know, it, you there look you at go to the zero asset. Exactly. But you, you look at, yeah, and think about that, right? That'd be the, the most horrible existence, right? You'd be so miserable. People would be so miserable. Like they want to end work and travel completely. Well, then what do you have to, to look forward to? What kind of dignity is, is in any of that? There's a dignity to work. There's a dignity to, to making a difference in the world and changing the world. Yeah, we have a need. I, we actually exactly. have a social need. To achieve. Have, you, have uh, you ever looked at some of these places around the world that have the longer living people, like the longer living populations? So there's places in like Asia, for example. Uh, there's uh, places in, uh, I think there's a term for it. It's like blue zones or something like that, where they, they actually have a longer living population. People live to like 100 plus and they're fit, yeah. they're healthy, they're active, and they continue on because they have purpose in a society. It's completely different to what we have now. Do you know why they have bells in schools? Because it was designed to get you ready to go to work in a factory where you had a shift change. That's what a bell in the school was all about. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's that's what it was. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, the psychologists used to use bells and that to to actually see the reactions from dogs and rats yeah, and everything else. But, it, but my point is, is that it gave people a sense of purpose, right? It, it made you go through the the motions of things in order to build yourself up. Like you go through schooling, education, and then you come out. You go right into the workforce. I mean, that's how it used to be anyway. You go right into the workforce, and then you work yourself uh, as hard as you can to build whatever life you can build. Well, and the, yeah, you know, raise a family you, and all the rest. You of earn it. the money to use as choice. Correct. You have the choices. It gave you choices. But if you're not going to have a chance to own anything, which they've tried to do by creating a zero asset culture where everybody no will purpose. rent and not really own anything you do that for a couple of generations and you've got a you've got a set there but it's a miserable set because yeah. i mean okay not everybody will have a child and have some uh, and have it to pass on to them but i mean everybody gets this, this is what i don't understand is why does society moan about what people do with their money if earn the money 
have a chance to earn the money. That's what you should want. Have a chance to earn the money and make the choices. If that old deer down the road wants to give her £70,000 or dollars to a a cat-saving charity, I don't care. I mean, I don't... It's always I mean, a cat. Cats it's are, always a cat. Cats are so totally selfish creatures. I've never understood... Well, I do understand them. But because you have an understanding, let her do that. I mean, if your parents grow up and then one dies or they separate or whatever and they exist in one meet somebody else or whatever, they still have a choice to do with the money, whatever. Those siblings should not have to hopefully get upset and have to rely on their parent for money. They should be able to go out and get a job, which is good enough to enable them to have choice. But that seems to have been worn away because the expense of everything has gone through the roof. Where it used to be, one person could go out there and have a job, afford the food to eat and a roof over their head. Now it takes a minimum of two if you're lucky and they've got to abide with each other or whatever. And if that goes to pot, then it gets double worse, you know, or they've got to approach a managerial thing who owns a group of houses and own half the house. And they're paying for the upkeep of the house while they still only own half of it. Or it's slowly withered away at everything where it's another form of choice. What have you got to look forward to? It's like going back to the 50s where all the kids are at home and they're going to spend the money on what? I can afford a car and play games and whatever. And that's the culture. You're gonna, your kids are going to be at home. Well, some of them probably won't even leave home now. And I find that quite sad, not just because you want your child to leave home. You want your child to have its independence. Because if you don't have your independence, that's another form of taking your freedom away. You know, your freedom of choice, your freedom of, wow, what could I achieve if I was given the chance? Those fundamental things are society is shutting things down where only a certain amount of people within that society will have the choice whereas the normal person on the street won't luckily i i have choice i have what i own and whatever but i feel so sad for the generations to come because it's going to be a massive struggle and they really do need to cry out they need to cry out and say uh excuse me but what about the future you know, I, what truly I think that, is going on. I think there's some in in that younger generation that you're talking about. There's a group that's behind. Is it that it's not? Is it Gen Z? Is that is that the one, Bruce? Where they're? Well, or is it the one behind both, them? Both millennials and Gen Z are already doing what he's saying. Uh, like you, you yeah. already have millennials and Gen Z, which millennials and then Gen Z. Gen Z is the ones that they're after. Um, I think there is a growing trend. Part of the last two. Uh, you you're on the edge of uh being a millennial. Like yeah. you're you're I'm like just right on barely the, a millennial. Yeah, I'm and like I'm, on I'm the kind of tail end of Gen X. It's yeah, yeah. Which uh, is uh thirty five, thirty six, I believe is is yeah. somewhere in there. That's millennial. The, uh, millennial. That's the beginning, and the ending is like uh twenty five or so ish, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, I think I actually I think it's younger than that now, but. It might be like 24, 25, somewhere in there. But anyway. They're the next generation. Younger. Yeah, they're the next generation of the modern day Russian serfs. Yeah. And and you saw the strike back, right? It was the opening salvo, if you will, with what? With GameStop, didn't you? Yeah. The younger crowd took all their money, whatever they could, and they threw it into the GameStop stock. And it busted that. (laughs) 
it busted up the, the chops fund. of that hedge fund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that, the, it that's was right. Great. But, but the thing is, it was a shame it wasn't on. It needs to be on a really calamitous yes. size to have and any effect. Yes. To and bring it all down. Yes. I don't expect that to be the, the one and only, believe me. I don't expect that. I expect no, that to but, happen again. Not. What was the answer to that? They then wanted to create laws and yes. things to stop it happening again. Yes. So they were yep. shutting down. What what right do they have? Well, they have as much right as you. Just because they outthought you mm-hmm. and outfought you on that chessboard, you know, they did a couple of moves. And by the way, you got checkmated. Yep. And, and it that, cost them billions. That, exactly. So to con- so basically, they're saying they came. We should have control. They openly said we should be the only ones allowed to do this. No. And if the people who make the laws agree with that, fundamentally, there's something seriously wrong. Well, there's something seriously wrong because they're they're, they're actually in agreements with the fact that people shouldn't be allowed to do that. They want the, <laughs> the people that run the hedge funds are also the same people that keep those people in office. So exactly. at least in the U.S., uh, I, yeah. I don't know so much about the U.K. I mean, I guess we kind of have similar problems. But honestly, and we were talking about this a couple of days ago, and we're going to get into this later on uh, next week. I think the other thing you have to consider here is cryptocurrencies. These are a major, th- these represent a major threat to the financial order of things, mainly the banks, the banks that continue to expand the balance sheets and bankrupt everybody. You've got other currencies now that are coming up that they don't have control over and they don't like it. So I think you're going to see another step in all this process too, not just oh, yeah, hitting yeah, at the stocks yeah. and I the mean, hedge funds. You're going to see it on the currency front too. You see, whereas whereas your stock market is a lot slower than digital money because digital money allows, I mean, there's at least four well-established digital monies out there, but like your hedge funds, which just bets on either the downfall or both sides of the fence, it enables people to bet on both sides of the fence. Digital money, because it works faster, they can incorporate smaller bets, as in, will he walk across the street today? I mean, if you really want to go that into you that. Put, because you put bets down yeah, on no, everything over there. Yeah, you? no, but that is what digital money, a digital, because it's so fast, people can come up with just about any idea of anything to do anything to make money. Yeah, and with the way that they have the uh, the systems in place now, I mean, especially now with uh, with everything that's gone online, they they on Wall Street they call it high frequency trading, and those are computers yeah. that can actually make the trades and and do the sales faster than any human can do, and that's that's where they have a lot of the money being siphoned off is the, uh, the high frequency trading. And this is why they want to keep society fractured because that enables them still to keep that what is everyday gambling really. That's all the stock market is. If you keep a society from establishing itself as one society, which and being able to work as one society, because at the end of the day, we are a human race and we have so many differences. But if you were, can you imagine the utopia of coming together and working together and getting out there and going, wow, we've got a whole universe to look at. You you would make so many advances if you got on because Mm -hmm. then you'd end up with one currency proper and hang on nobody can then destroy that person's in that country to make that money in that country worth more and do this well that's gone out the window and well actually the stock market's gone out the window hang on what's going on here so all these people that survive on the chaos of it all would be gone and you as one race would go forward that is the utopia idea of it 
at the moment, they've created a dystopia with the COVID. It is a dystopia effect. And a dystopia effect, the idea of it is you end up with a tyrannical and an oppressive society. I mean, when a society where your governments are openly controlling and corrupt, where the people don't really have a say, becomes decadent and eventually something will break because decadent societies are societies where they say, yeah, everything's okay. We're doing this to keep this, that and whatever. And they're literally walking on a crust of thin, hard mud ready to sink and something will eventually break. And when it breaks, it's going to hurt. But we have stopped looking forward as a race. We or the no, let me put it this way. We have it's been suppressed and as individuals, there are individuals out there which are, will always have hope and look to the future and hope that the people that are in charge do too. But that's being suppressed. We have the ability to be bloody amazing. But the people at a political level are only thinking about politics and they're not thinking about the human race and going forward. They're thinking about how they can keep the political status quo. Yep. And that is where it goes wrong because that's there. They are there as guardians. They're stewardship. And that's all it is, is a stewardship because they are stewards of the welfare of whoever they are supposed to look after. And that is something they have lost. They are servants of the people. And they used to be part of the people. And that is what they've got to remember. Someone somewhere has got to reiterate to them, look, if we are to go forward, we've got to go forward. And that means positive, not a whole year of fear, because it's done nobody any good whatsoever. But you will get an outcry and it's got to come. And it, and it has to come because, I mean, this when it, they're still thinking about the earth as a controlling facet. And they're still thinking within their own little ballpark. We're born here, but we are here to move on and outwards. We have the chance to look after this, but we need to move and expand. That is tribal. Moon, Mars, whatever, solar system, it's there. They're like other little countries. Boom, here we go. Let's go and have a look. See yeah, what's going on. They're stuck in the past, though. The, the they are. They're stuck in the they past. They don't they're want not, to lose control. Not, exactly. They're not the future. They're the past. And they are. They know that this is, uh, as your Prince Charles even said, I've got the clip of him here sitting here saying it. He says, we must use all levers at our disposal to do this. This is our last chance because we're not going to get another chance. We and they're not to, going to get... To, we need to advance. I understand we need to advance. I, I'm in total agreement with that. But they, the elites don't want that advance because they won't be able to control it and they won't be able to stop us. And that's it. That's it for them. They are finished. This is their last chance. If they don't stomp on people forever, this is it for them. Yeah, but don't they realize... If they keep stomping and stomping and stomping, it's going to end here Yeah, in a nasty mess. Yeah. And it's it going is. to end here. And it can either go two ways. We can either explode and survive and move out, or we can explode and implode on ourselves and end it. And that is your caring culture. No. A more that fair is world. A totally... It's a more fair world, a more inclusive <laughs> world. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, isn't that what Klaus Schwab always says? A more fair yeah. world, a more inclusive yeah. world. Yeah, I tell you what, Klaus, we're going to have that, but we're not going to have you there for it. A I'll more say. inclusive world for those that exist yeah. when you finished your little uh, playtime. Yeah, and those Schwab, that... Uh, go away. 
Yeah, those those people that play along, as long as you play nice, well, then it'll be fair and inclusive for you as long as you do what you're told. Hmm. It'll be a more equitable future. Right. I mean, equitable. I mean, that son of a I, bitch doesn't I, know the I, I meaning mean, of the word equitable. When somebody has written an article and basically they're part of, say, the medical system, there's a person called Rob Verkirk. Now, he is a director of the Alliance of Natural Health International, which you can always check up on www anhinternational.org. Now, he has written up about what they think about the, what they call the project fear of 2020 and the causes and whatever. And they've also included everything, Johnny, that you guys have been saying over the last God knows how many years, including Professor, they still used his titles, Professor Klaus Schwab, hmm. the, the founder of the World Economic Forum. And people need to go out there and check those sort of writings out. It's been published. It's out there in magazines. The thing is, there is your medical society like treats the symptoms, which are literally, yes, they're near enough owned by Big Pharma and everything else. Because in this country, we've gone away from taking swabs and checking out what your problem is first before they give you the top of the stack of the antibiotic. And if that don't work, come back and we'll give you the next one down and the next one down. And as soon as they're giving you the first one, they might as well not take a swab because that's already acting on your system or whatever. And that is hitting the symptoms, hopefully, and off you go. Whereas you have natural things. Nature's created natural things to aid you in just about every way. The idea is they should be telling people to stay health. And there are fundamental basic things of doing it. But they've created their own society where, I mean, when I was at school, the education system, there was a lot more in it. And they believed in exercise and you did exercise and you, you were out there and you enjoyed it. It was part of it. We had schools with three or four gyms and youth, which ran a youth center at night. And you came back and, yeah, I want to do this. I want to, oh, uh, hang on, I can't do trampolining, but I can do it at night because there'll be somebody there and whatever. And off you go, you want to do this, you want to do this. And it was out there. And you were building go-karts at night with engines because the society enabled you to do that and believed in the youngsters because they were the future. But the education system is buried itself in everything. We have insured ourselves off the record. Everything has to be insured for this because what? Well, if Johnny cuts his finger, they're going to sue the pants off me. So let's not do this. Or hang on, we're not going to have a forge in the workshop anymore because somebody might burn themselves and then the school won't be afford to pay the bill. And the insurance side of the things, which is the only actual non-really regulated thing because it keeps changing. It keeps going. And we've prayed to this and it's bitters in the arse and it's killed everything because everybody is frightened of doing anything. And they say, well, there's no money to do it. There's no money to do this. There's no money to do that. So your education system has been knackered for years. And now you spent a year of children at home that want to turn around to their parents and ask them questions, whereas their parents and the parents before them have been knackered due to a crap education, some of them. And that must make them feel terrible, not being able to answer the questions of their children. But it's something that society has created. And they've caused this and they've deliberately done this 
To what end? Do you know why the first libraries in London almost never opened? Lack of books. Somebody burnt them all. <laughs> no, they had the books. No, they know. had the books. I haven't got but a clue, reason, mate. Yeah the, reason, yeah, the reason that they almost didn't open those libraries is because the nobles at the time, right, the nobility oh, class. right, yeah. Didn't want said, to have the people educated. Are you sure we should really open up a place where people can learn how to read? If they and learn right. how to read, then they're going to get educated and yeah. then they're going to learn to be individuals and they won't need uh, us. Where's it's the, the same concept. It's the, the peasants same concept. are revolting, aren't Exactly. They? <laughs> it's the same concept. If you make people peasants, then you don't have that revolt, do you? You bring them under subjugation. Yeah. You don't have a constant jockeying of, of power. You don't have a, a giant underclass of people that questions people above that because they don't yeah, have but, the sophistication or wherewithal or the intelligence yeah, who, to be able to yeah, understand but you've that. Got, you have the nobility which controlled the money, but all the ideas, the craftsmanship and everything came from the people. Yes, they, they, they do need built, the people. They built everything, they made everything, and the ordinary ideas that sprouted some really good ideas, which were used by those who didn't come up with the idea. Right, but see, here's the thing now, and I know, I know Bruce clicked on there because I know what he's going to say, AI, robotics. Mm -hmm. We're not essential, right? We've been getting used to that term over the last 12 months too, right? Non-essential. Yeah, you're non-essential. Your business is non-essential. They won't need that any longer. Google's doing things, or excuse me, not Google, Amazon is doing things right now. I was just reading yesterday to have their algorithms in there to learn from the people that work in their warehouses so they can get rid of the people in the warehouses with robotics. They'll actually just have enough of the behaviors that they need to incorporate that into the robotics can, with AI. Behavior, but behavior, the trouble is, the thing is, you can, the, the thing about being human is they can try and create an algorithm for a warehouse. It is possible to automate it and to actually get that algorithm to include any and all foreseeable problems within that warehouse. But when you move outside of the warehouse, you have what you need is a common sense response to either an emotionable or an unforeseeable circumstance. When you've got, because for everything to go forward and everything to move forward, including nature, you need chaos. You need chaos because chaos gives, chaos not as in mayhem and whatever, but chaos helps change. Helps so you're talking about just thinking. a little bit of entropy, just you know, just a little yeah, bit of just, disorder. Just in there, because yeah. it's always been there with nature. That's why nature has always taken longer to make changes. But that chaos is happening all the time. All these millions and billions of little changes that are going on, not all of them survive to make a change, but change does eventually happen. And if you have a fixed answer, a fixed output, to a fixed input, you will not get change. So you then eventually will create stagnation, thinking you've got an answer to everything. Because that fixed input and output doesn't have emotional and chaotic change. And therefore, you will get a static society. And to some degree, that's what they want, because they can control it. But what is human is the free thinking part where you have that it's, it's like we have a conversation and we're going down the line and I suffer from, oh, Johnny, I, my brain's giving it, I want to say something. I want to say something, even though you're saying something, Johnny, or Bruce has had an input 
and whatever. It's all these little triggers that fire things off. Something I did. Oh, I've just remembered that. All those things, all those triggers, all from memories of something that has environmentally affected you or has come along the way, which you haven't experienced, Johnny. Bruce hasn't experienced or I haven't experienced, but one of us has. And by putting that input in there, you then put your little chaotic nudge into that calculation of mine or Bruce does. And that then makes that equation different. And therefore, the answer is going to be different we come out with. And that what you cannot do in a fixed input and output site. You can actually, in a closed circuit like a warehouse, is possible. But if that's what they create and that's what they want, they're just going to ruin society because the people that are in control are not free thinkers. Controllers aren't free thinkers. They do not eventually go ahead. That society will become decadent and collapse on itself. But it might take hundreds, millennium or whatever. But they actually, all they do is stall or slow down their eventual demise and cause ruination to X amount of people along the way, which they don't care about anyway. Which, you know? I mean, if, if you look at what's going on and what, what they're trying to do with the Great Reset, the um, uh, ESGs, all that nonsense, it, it's the same thing we've seen in the past, in the history. It's just a different tune, right? It, it's the same thing. It, it's, you know, a parallel, if you will, of history. That's exactly what it's going to bring. It's going to bring ruination to society as we know it. And they're trying to do it on a global scale now because all the other times they did it in the past, the problem was they didn't try it on a bigger scale or they didn't do it right the last time or they didn't whatever, right? And and to enact the, the control that they're wanting, they have to have the entire world. You can't have a free thinker in that kind of a society. You can't have someone that's willing to think out of the box or to see themselves as free or have that even, you know, even so much as having the illusion of freedom, whether or not they're free or not, doesn't matter. Even the illusion of freedom can spur someone to speak up or have, you know, take action or, or something, you know, it'd be a problem for the works, if you will. Um, and, and that, that's kind of, that I think is what they're, they're trying to ultimately accomplish, especially with how they're shutting things down. Imagine the kids, the the young ones, not like teenage years. Teenage years, you you you're establishing yourself more or less. You you've established yourself or or establishing yourself from the teenage years. You don't really change a whole lot. At least your personality, you'll mature and whatnot. But more or less, you're you're pretty much you at that point. But the young ones, just going to school or just before school, being required to wear masks or the social distancing and all that, like hearing these things and having the fear for an entire year instilled in them. This is going to be in their thinking now for the rest of their life. You've gone through a traumatic year of this. It's left an impression. Now oh, yeah. we have a generation that's coming up that's that's going to be easier to control and manipulate using fear and using Yes, they'll these. but no, but they'll find it easier to accept what they're told the next time. Yep. Yes. Exactly. But the one scary thing is if you're going to look forward to save this earth if they want to save it, if they make the status quo and think they're going to work it out, they're going to bugger this planet even quicker. Whether you've got religious thinkers, whether you've got anybody that wonders whether there was a purpose, whether there's a one being, many beings, whatever, no matter which way you think, there is a vast amount of universe out there. We live in a golden age at the moment, and it is time to actually do things. We have got masses of materials as a base within the solar system of ours. This is where we start. This is where we grow. 
if we move a percentage or whatever, but learn from the mistake we've made already, because we are at a tipping point on this planet, and we move out and think about Mars and learn to live on there, on the moon as a barren rock or whatever, use what's in the asteroids, give people purpose and say, look, the future's there. We can now mold it. But to save this Earth, we could move out. We put control mechanisms in as in sensible ones. We've got to learn to not overburden ourselves and bog ourselves down and think productively out. There is only so much space before we've got to take a massive scientific leap or whatever. But we are capable of anything if we have purpose. Controlling, stagnating in one room won't work. It won't won't work. We're not designed for that. We never were. We were designed or we have grown to think, wow, what is out there? We are at our best when we are free thinkers, imaginative, making mistakes, stumbling over ourselves to get out there. Those are the good intentions for the betterment of us all, not a few, because it doesn't work. What about this? And I, I heard this last night. What, what about this? You're talking there about expanding and getting out and establishing ourselves in other places, right? Establishing ourselves here first. Well, let's look at Elon Musk. Okay. He wants to go to Mars, obviously, right? So we're going to be sending people up there to Mars. Well, he's taking applications. SpaceX is taking applications of people that are interested in going and being the first settlers, right? That's a one-way trip. You're probably going to die there. Uh, that's, that's just the way it is. The problem that they're running into, that SpaceX is running into, is that they've had thousands and thousands of people. No, Well, they've had thousands and thousands of people sign up. But here's the problem. The people that have signed up that are interested, that are driven to want to go out and do this, none of them meet the physical requirements in order for them to be able to make that training possible. So what do we do about that? What do we do about it? Well, we actually then bluntly say, right, okay, we got to be physically fit. We got to do whatever. We have young generations. We should have people going out there and saying, look, Who has the children that want to go of a certain age? Because the honesty of it is, by the time you're 19 stroke 20, your physical set is set. Your build, your physical set that goes with you for the rest of your life is set. That's what the honesty they should be telling you. You can put on, you can lose, but your foundation is set by then. So in those early years, you have to be honest with yourself and play those games, get out there, do those sports or whatever. I'm not saying, and what a lot of people will say, well, what about those who are born differently? When the science is capable, the first people that go out there have to be of a certain make. Then we can bring the science and bring the minds that are in the bodies that physically can't do it. But let us achieve the foothold and then bring the people with us. Don't let's have the argument and say, well, it should be for everybody for this. The honesty of it is, to start with, it can't be. We are all different. But let's be a bit of common sense with it. Let's get out there, achieve a foothold. So you've got to be of a certain standard. Yeah, you're going to have to have scientific ability at a certain amount, but you're going to need people to actually keep going. You're going to need basic engineers once you've established the place. You're going to need your electricians, your plumbers, and everything else, whatever, of a fundamental level. But initially, they've got to be honest and say, right, these are what we need. 
I'm not being biased. I'm not being whatever. I'm just being sensible. Once we've achieved this foothold, this is where the transparency comes. This is what we want to do because we also need to be able to establish ourselves so we can further our science and catch it up. And we will try and achieve the science to enable everybody to go. Hang on, let's think about this. If we manage to go, what will we need? What will be the cheaper thing? The most expensive thing is to get out of this gravity well called Earth. If we achieve orbital stations of any standard, then you can have the people in orbit that don't have the physical ability and it might be easier for them to be up there in lesser Gs or whatever. That could be your space to help the human race. And then you build things up there and to go between orbit to orbit is less expensive because you're not having to build out from the gravity wells and drop down. So you establish your base. You create your platforms in orbits between planets. So you've got your people up there. They don't need to be massively physically whatever, but it's still going to be a learning curve. It's a massive learning curve, but there are sensible steps to take. I am not an astronaut, but my common sense and basic ideas gets me to that point. You take these steps. And yeah, why is there zero G? Why is the gravity wells? Why is that? Because people have to be, there are uses for different peoples. There are different abilities or whatever. Everybody, no matter what, has got a mind and an intelligence. We have spent the last 20, 30 years dumbing down the abilities of people and creating where we are now. We have forgotten to look after our children and see them as the future because they are. And we have got obese this, obese that, or whatever that. It's not necessarily their own fault. It's the environment and these stewards that are in charge that are supposed to be the guiding light and saying, well, no, if they can tell the education system or create an education system, this is what you've got to learn. They can also tell you at that age what you've got to do physically and everything else. If you can't, all well and good. You come back into the classroom, you do work, whatever. But you should try it. A healthy body gives a healthy outlook. And a healthy outlook, if you haven't got the physical side, also gives you hope. And hope creates imagination and always keeps you thinking forward. And that is human. And they're just trying to strip that away from people. We are ingenious. We can live in all sorts of environments. This world has so many different environments where we survive in, in whatever extreme it is. God's sake, we're ready. So now comes the million dollar question. Where do we go from here? Because when Marty was on last week, we were, we were having this discussion about Schwab and, and all the rest of these guys, uh, the rest of these people and our national governments. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're almost irrelevant at this point. But uh, all these things that we see that are stacked against us, he said that it almost seems insurmountable. So where do we where do we break out? Well, no, I, and we I understand we don't give up. I understand we don't give up. And, and I haven't given up and I'm not going to. But right. I'm not seeing the response that I was expecting out of the Americans. I'm not seeing that. that that's what's driven me here tonight. Because it's like people are putting up with the oppression. Because that's what it is. It's an oppression. It's not guidance. It's oppression. Because they're being told what to do and they're just following it and doing. Where do we go from here? Well, the we world's waiting. The, the yeah. world's waiting. We're, we are. We're waiting we are. For... We, we are. We are. At, we are at a tipping point. We are. And, and we are. And we 
have to keep and we've got to get the people to say we got the views which what do you want to do the people what do you want to do as a people yeah the honesty of it without saying the f word is we're bollocks <laughs> a lot of us are at a level where it's we have to now think about the generations and what we can do for them it's like me being back in the 60s seeing the space race and giving it wow we could all be astronauts wow and it stopped then i'm giving it but this is still going on and you still look at what's going on and how it's continuing in the background and what people aren't saying and yeah there is a future oh i'm not going to be part of it but don't lose your faith who can i make part of it we are part of the human race what can i do for the generations to come that is what we cannot lose we've got to do it for someone else because we are if you've got to keep your faith they're wearing away your faith in the human race that's what they're doing i mean the the boring stuff when the democrat societies and the liberal societies as they call themselves keep telling everybody they're a racist and whatever no we're not we're not racists we're actually humanists we just want to go forward we want you to stop your political bickering. We want you to actually do as you're asked and give guidance and say, we want to go forward, not round in this continual spiral of depression, but we want to go forward. All the money that you blow on this or give to this person because they've helped you in this political way or whatever, let's just use it to go forward. I mean, the rhetoric in the political circles is boring. They have nothing imaginative to say and that to me is not human and it's the old world that's mm. all they have this that's yeah, what that's I, i've been got. saying from the start of this thing i said this is an old game yeah this is 100 years old or more and that's all they've got they have nothing going forward they have no ideas for the future none they think that they do but the ideas that they put forward of this uh, whatever it is that they're talking yeah, about but it's all this, about here I they keep talking about here i understand but it's it, it's again if they though, keep talking about here you've got to get out I agree. But, you know, our, our future's out there. It's not here. I've been saying that for years. Oh, no. no. But This is where we were born. Yeah. We're not to, yeah, yeah. to forget it, you know. We're to, we, we are, I mean, if we don't get, if we go forward and we get out, we can then look after our home. That is the best way to use the excess population, to give them a choice, to give them a chance to make use. Because we, we love to do things. If we, we, if we find a purpose, no matter who we are, no matter how little that purpose is, that puts a smile on our face. And you come home from work and you give it, ah, that was a good day, no matter what it is. Different people do it at different levels. But if you feel like you've achieved something, the better it is a positive thing. And the, the, what it is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I have a never-ending optimistic ideal of the human race. As do I, And sir. it makes me scream at those who don't. It yeah. really upsets me. It is frustrating. I, I have to agree. It is frustrating, especially when I, you know, I was, I was actually, I was just thinking this today. I mean, I was looking at a whole mess of different people and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, do any of you care? I'm asking myself that question. And I'm caring at, society. <laughs> yeah, do, no, I mean, do, do, does anybody even care? And I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about. No, I agree. I agree. I'm that... talking about, uh, about the future or whatever. It's like everybody sucked into these things, right? These smartphones, these damn phones, everybody sucked yeah. into these things. And everybody's like, I, my, mine stays in my bag. I don't even touch it unless I'm changing a song because I'm listening to, got, to music. Yeah, but everybody's no, like it, into right. these things and they're 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 talking in circles and they're but they're not talking to each other. They're talking into these phones. 
And it's like, can you not break away from the simplest of things? Can we not start here? And it's it's like, you know, you, they, the, they just the can't get out way of to it. Do it. The ideal way to do it is because every person that has a child, that child as a young teenager will have a phone, will have friends, will have social networks, will have whatever. You take your child out, just you and your child, you go to somewhere and you give it, let's have a drink or something to eat. And you take them there and you go, I just want to try something. And you get them to put the phone away and you say, I'll tell you why I'm asking you the phone away. Because we're going to have something to eat and make sure it's like an open place and have something to drink. And then we're going to see and we're going to possibly open a conversation with whoever comes to servers and whatever and see what happens. And I've done that with my daughter. And funny enough, she said I had a really great time because she found that the person or the persons that serve, if there was a null point in the place, and at one time we were one of the two people there, they wanted to speak. They kept an eye on who was coming in or whatever, but they had a conversation and it went from one thing to another to another. And she really enjoyed it. And she didn't miss the phone. But that is the only way to do it is to find that they can have such an enjoyment by that human connection. Because it, you got the other way of where you've got your children going out. It's not their fault. They can go roller skating, they can go ice skating, they go whatever. And they'll come back with a list of, say, different contacts that they might make. And they might speak to them, text them and whatever. And then they come up against the brick wall where all of a sudden that person wants to meet them. And then they ask the massive question of, well, what do I say? <laughs> How am I going to sit down with a person and have a conversation with them? It's easy to text and whatever because you can keep your distance and calculate your conversation. But to have an open conversation that goes in any direction, they can find it very challenging. And that's something we've got to try and get them back to in a nice, caring way. But it's very hard because there'll be obviously those that won't want to go there. And they're forming their own form of isolation. It's going to be even worse with COVID because of COVID. And now people are afraid of, well, are, are you sick or social distancing and all that kind of stuff. They're making it even more difficult for those generations. I'm on the edge in terms of the circles I grew up in. It was really easy for me to learn to do exactly as you're saying. And in fact, I enjoy this. I enjoy being able to sit down and have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone in person far more than mm -hmm. being able to you know talk on the phone or text message or or even this this is a a good substitute but it's not the same being able to sit in the same room and talk yeah you know? because the, what is the one thing missing between a group of people together and the electronic distance is called empathy there is no empathy you do not empathize as much when you're in a group because when you empathize you actually feel what's the atmosphere that you're in and whatever and that can change the rhetoric. Whereas if you're on an electronic no item, yeah, There's no emotion. Yeah, it's like it loses that, and you, that's something you can't afford to lose because you you can lose a whole different dimension of something that could be. I yeah? think though, I think all of this though is a symptom of a greater problem. And what we were talking about earlier, how people are kind of losing their drive, losing their passions. Um, I, I think that's a when you have when you have a drive or a passion for something, it's really easy to sit down and talk to, to someone about that passion or that drive. But when you lose that and you don't have that any any longer, you don't have that. Um, I don't know. I, I think because our youngers, our younger kids, and even my generation has lost that to a large degree. You are seeing the decline in just social interactions. The the fact of um, not being able to fill out the positions for the astronauts going to Mars. Honestly, I think that's another thing that boils down to it's a symptom of 
problems at the home level or, or, you know, how, how kids are at the beginning, how they're taught and raised, you know, I mean, parents don't know to find what kids are good at and encourage them in that and never stifle the questioning of why teach them how to ask deeper questions than just why, you know, articulate better the the why question you know i mean that that's something as a kid uh I, m- my parents joke with me about is when i was a kid that's all i would ask is why 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 constantly oh, yeah i mean now i've grown up to do the same thing but you know i i, I don't ask why i ask why but a little bit more articulate <laughs> i ask why aren't more people doing <laughs> why aren't more people asking why why aren't more people doing more but, but yeah. the children i mean having having a child that's at high school and having this uh, Google Classroom and whatever, my child has started to learn that basically she's got a group of teachers at school which know their subjects and sometimes they make mistakes. And she's, she's come to realize that basically what the teacher says isn't the end all and be all because I scared the life out of her. I said, look, you get your schoolwork, you get, they tell you, do so much time on homework and whatever, and there's me. If you want to learn something, Think, learn your subject. Don't learn enough to pass. If you know your subject, you're done. And when she first, I mean, when she uh, started high school, I put the fear of God into her, not intentionally, but I said, because I, I was straight with her. I said, right, in junior school, I didn't push the kids and whatever, but now you're here. It's a total different change to actually get, to actually know your subject and get through. You've got to know, um, you've got to get at least 75% in your exams when it comes to what they call GCSEs now, where it, when it was O-levels or whatever, 75% is the minimal mark you're heading for, right? And because of her logic and whatever, she thought, oh, I've got to get... And when she did her first exam, I said, no, your exams in the early years show you where you are at. And now you've got to know how far you've got to go. Be honest with yourself and I'll help you on the way, whatever. I will answer any question you've got. If I can't answer it, I will find the answer. And because... We don't know everything. And obviously, the way they teach things, they, ha- they have to change the word. And that's it. It's amusing because I said, well, they used to call this this. If you explain to me what you want to know, darling, they used to call it this when I was growing up. They all, will have changed their names of things along the way because we seem to live in a society where they change the name for everything about every two or three years. God knows why, to justify things. But I've learned a hell of an understanding and hopefully she now knows and she's been very positive but it's like society society if it's not truthful and honest with its population they won't go forward and you need that understanding between me who's the steward the politician of the house and the child of the future and find that within us saying yep it's up to you but i'm here for guidance and help and that is what the government should do just like a parent there's, there's no two ways about it. They are the parent, and really, they should teach us like the children. They want to achieve the future, no matter what our age is. We all have something to give, you know. Don't you and that think is that... the only way to make it achieve. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. I, I shouldn't have cut in there. I, I thought you were finished. Don't you think that it's a bit more than just the next generation? I mean, it, it, this is how. No, it, yeah, we, we've got to start. We've got to start. We've well, we, made a mess. Yeah, we do. But I, I always, I, I'm looking at things like this. I, I'm looking at it as not only the next generation. I see that side of it. I, I see. I, I completely agree with the side that you're talking about there. I see that side of it. I'm also looking at it from a sense of the last generation, our grandparents. You know, the ones that 
the greatest generations, right? The ones that fought in World War II. What the hell did they do it for? Gave everything. Yeah. Exactly. We owe it. We owe it to them not to go yeah, down do. this road. No, we do. Yeah, we do. We've we've gone into a, a place where they gave everything for those people who seem to have grabbed what they can and misused it. Yes, you will always get that. You will get those people that misuse it. And what I don't understand is it's blatant. It's it's so blatant. And it's just, and it's like, and they are saying they don't want anybody to go anywhere. They just don't want them to do whatever. They want this status quo and this horrible mess, which they are just going to further. So yeah, the, the, the people that have money like, Mr. Gates and whatever wants the rest of us to eat fungus made foods. Why? Well, with him, it's a, it's not about having more all... money or anything. It's it's control. With him, it's control. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's he's, about... he's achieved whatever money, whatever. But it's like saying, well, if we get them into eating all this fungus stuff, well, we, you you're back to a film like Soylent Green where they got the, the population got given these protein biscuits and whatever. And eventually found out that it was actually made of recycled people. But you get, what is it? Bland food for what? Another acceptance of nothing? Nothing to live for? No. You, and and what, what's he going to put on his table? The things that we're eating now is what he's going to put on his table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because life for them will not change. For us, no. it's going to mm. change. Well, yeah. So, and the arguments they're making here uh, with the, well, it's going to be better for the environment. It's going to be more, uh, talking to GP on this, he's done a little bit more research in this. The carbon emissions, the uh, quote unquote damage that the farming industry does, uh, or excuse me, the ranching industry does. So if we get away from meats, which are more digestible versus things like beans and, uh, you know, like soybeans and those sort of things, lentils, you, you metabolize meats a little bit better than you do the, the vegetables. To get the equal amounts from the vegetables that you would get from meats, you're, you're talking about three to four times more work. The emissions that are going to be released from the, the farming and everything is going to be far worse than that of raising cattle or, or sheep or what have you. Now, yeah, but you've also got a medical side of this. This is what Mr. Gates, you see, this is where they send this arrow down that way and they go, whoa, this is good for this will stop CO2 emissions. Ah, uh -uh, hang on. What about the race? What about the race? Now, you look into what they call they call it alternative medicine, normal medicine, whatever, and they can look into what is causing these problems in society, mental problems in society that weren't there. Or, hang on, how can that person say, well, take me, right? I'm 60 plus now. I was brought up to learn, fine, you got physically all right, you got to do this, you got to do this. This is good for you, eat this. If you don't like it, fine, but try everything. And by the way, these are the nutrients, whatever. I haven't had to take medication or whatever because my parents knew the nutritional value of everything. Okay, mum used to salt her potatoes in the pan or whatever. Salt's bad for it. No, everything in the right amount or the right whatever and don't abuse it is okay. Now they're starting, the biggest thing nowadays is Alzheimer's. Massive thing out there. There's medical papers out there about dietary effects to do with Alzheimer's. There is a red meat that helps offset it if you eat it. It's not beef. It's not where it's lamb. Hang on. Cheese helps the mental state as well. That's a dairy product. What do you need for that? Cattle? You've got all these things that are 
related and interlinked. It is a more complicated thing than saying CO2 emissions, get rid of the cow. What we eat, we are. We are a complicated omnivore. And if you think about it, right, we're a bucket of chemicals. Each one of us is a bucket of chemicals, different one. You drop a chemical or a substance into that bucket, it changes what's in there. When you have an understanding of how different foods affect different people, your dietary needs will be different to mine and your dietary needs will be different to you. And the thing is, we have forgot to understand. Women know that when they're pregnant, they get certain cravings. Different women get different cravings. Why? Because that little thing growing inside them or their body is saying, I need this, I need this. I'm not, I'm not used to having this. I've, I need this. There are these little things inside ourselves and our subconscious or whatever, we are, we are naturally of more than one mind, if you want to put it that way. You've forgotten to listen to yourself. And when you do, you then learn to establish an equilibrium and you know what's good for you and what's bad for you. Yeah. You can get away with this and that every now and then. We know we go through stages where we want to have a few beers or whatever. You grow up as teenagers and you experience this. The pub culture, the social culture is part of socializing. But you get to a point where you've done enough of that. And when you want to socialize, you know, you don't have to bend it too far. away. That is why you have, during the younger years, your body up to about the age of 30 can put up with more. By then, hopefully, you've learned. But yeah, it's very, it's more complicated than saying CO2. Where do you start thinking about the human side of things? Uh, what if it's a what if it's a we're going to we're going to change your diets and have you not eat those foods that you need. You're going to be deficient in certain chemicals. And oh, exactly. what's that? You have problems with anxiety or, or, or depression or whatnot. <laughs> Chemical imbalance. There's a vaccine. Here's some for medication that. for you. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a vaccine. We'll for treat that. the symptoms, but not the yeah. cause. Again, it's about making you dependent again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's that horrible cycle. It's so obvious to see, so blatant, and it, it scares me why. And we, we've just got to keep saying and let people form their own answers. We're not saying, well, we're just saying think. For if, if everybody that listened to what we've spoken about or whatever, just take it back and see if you can trash it. I dare you. See if you can trash it, then come back and trash it. But if you could go back and it makes you think and then you go, oh, my God, then you're heading in the right direction. Don't say everything. Just go back and think and question stuff. And that's all we want you to do. Learn to question it, whether it's us or someone else. That's it. You know, I once... Sorry, that's me for the night. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. We're, we're going to wrap up here. You know, I, I once heard someone describe it as how do you tell when someone's lying to you? And the answer is, is that the people that are telling you what to think are usually the ones that are lying to you. The people that are telling you to think oh, yeah. for yourself are the ones that are not lying to you. Oh, no, you, you always want people to think for themselves. We exactly. Just, it's exactly. like put a point of view out there and say, well, question it. Go out away, poke as many holes in it as you can, but you'll get to a point where you'll find a fundamental ground and then you can go up from there and say, well, what is the truth? Find your own truth, guys, because it's interesting. It is. And that's what we've been advocating here for the last, what, three and a half years now? Think for yourself. Don't, mm. don't, come, on and, don't come on here every day and, and think that we're 
telling you what to think. That's the last thing I've ever wanted to do is to tell someone how to think. I want someone to think for themselves. I want that conversation when I come up to someone and I have that opposing idea, which you were talking about earlier, Ned. You have that opposing idea. I want to go back and forth on those ideas. That's the dialogue. That's the dialectic that needs to be happening that we're missing. That's what has to happen. We don't have to agree on everything. If we can get seven out of oh, ten, no. we're good. We're good. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with somebody saying, well, I think you're wrong. What about this? Because then they will get an answer to their question and vice versa. And it'll as also long as give you're you, willing to see that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it'll also give you a different perspective of things that you hadn't thought of before. That's the point of it. Everything comes with understanding. Indeed. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to sit down and uh, and have a conversation with you this evening. Uh, we did run over, way over, <laughs> but uh, but I don't care. Uh, it was uh, I knew this was going to be a long one, uh, and I uh, I'm glad you uh, glad you reached out today. I'm glad you came on, uh, Ned. It's been a real pleasure. Well, no, it's been a pleasure for me being here. Um, yeah, I haven't got a clue what the time is, but it's been. Well, it's, late. <laughs> it's late. Thank you. It's late. That's all to say. It's late. So we are going to have to end, but uh, thank you guys for being here today. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. And we look forward to having you back. So for those of you who have not jumped into our Telegram channel yet, get signed up to Telegram. I think, Ned, you're going to be getting over there soon. Yeah. You're going to be getting on the on Telegram. Yeah. I'll find get, uh, get, eventually. Yeah. Get signed up to Telegram. Search for us when you get over there. Search for Dynamic Independence, where our public channel will pop right up. Click join. You'll be subscribed to us. You'll get all of our podcasts we put out here every day. And you'll also get an exclusive podcast that we put out once a week which Bruce and I will be on tomorrow, talking about the new autonomous zone that has popped up in Minneapolis for the George Floyd trial. So we're going to be talking about that. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be great as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen, that will do it for this evening. Again, thank you guys for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Everyone have a great evening. We will see you on the exclusive tomorrow if you're signed up to us on Telegram. If you are not, then everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday.